0: Y'all ready to preach? Cool. Go ahead. Grab your Bible. Grab your Bible. Grab your Bible. Turn to the book of Judges. Judges chapter 16. Judges chapter 16. We, we going to preach about old homegirl Delilah today. Yeah. We've been waiting on her. Judges chapter 16 verse 1. If you don't have it, that's okay. You can look up on the screen. And it reads, now Samson. Somebody say Samson. Y'all remember Samson he was that that man that had superhuman strength and I'm preaching already Columbia but but let me just I was gonna make a joke about myself but then y'all laugh and I get offended and I'll be preaching angry so I won't um Samson kind of looked like me Patrick you're skinny I'm not skinny I'm European cut there's a difference get it right you try fitting in a European suit, like you. But here's what we think we think Samson, superhuman strength, clearly he had huge muscles. But watch this if Samson had huge muscles, his strength wouldn't have been supernatural. Nobody would have been surprised that he was strong because he had these superhuman muscles. No, no, my guess is he was probably European cut. And the super strength that was on him could not be attributed to anything except for the presence of God on his life. It says this, now Samson went to Gaza and saw a harlot. That's a biblical term for another word that I'm not allowed to use in church. (laughs) And went into her when the Gazites were told, Samson has come here. They surrounded the place and lay in wait for him all night at the gate of this city. They were quiet all night saying, in the morning, when it is daylight, we will kill him. They surrounded the place and uh, they surrounded the place and waited in midnight. They said, we were quiet all night. Say, in the morning, when it is daylight, we will kill him. Now Samson lay low till midnight. Then he arose and at midnight, he took hold of the doors. He grabbed the city gates, y'all. The two gateposts, and he pulled them up. Picture this like medieval castle with those huge gates at the front door. Samson rips them off with his bare hands, and <laughs> just a moment, he pulled them up, barred all, and put them on his shoulders and carried them to the top of the hill that faces Hebron. Afterward, it happened that he loved a woman. By the way, this was a different woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. And the lords of the Philistines came to her and said to her, entice him and find out where his great strength lies. And by what means we may overpower him, that we may bind him to afflict him. And every one of us will give you 1100 pieces of silver. Somebody say, show me the money. So Delilah said to Samson, I love how subtle she was. Please tell me where your strength lies. <laughs> she beat around the bush she didn't try to pretend like she wasn't setting them up like tell me where your strength lies and with what you may be bound to afflict you let's pray holy spirit fill this room god you're here and you would not have shown up if it was not to speak personally to every single person in the sound of my voice God, I pray in these moments together that you would take us one step closer to the perfect plan, the purpose, the destiny that you have for us. And God, we're gonna be smart enough not to take the credit, but we'll be ever so careful to give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. In the matchless name of Jesus, we pray. Somebody shout. Come on, that was weak, Columbia. Somebody shout. Amen. Amen and amen. We're starting. A brand new series today called Hidden Gems. Somebody say Hidden Gems. gems. And if you're like, you know, what's the series? I'm new to Union Church. A series is literally just a series of messages, a series of talks. Over the next five weeks, we're going to be unpacking relationships, love, dating, sex, marriage, a whole bunch of stuff that you would not expect to hear in church. And I'm telling you, God cares about what you care about. God cares about what's paramount and what's the focus of your life. We just came out of 21 days of prayer and fasting where everybody wrote on note cards. Here's what I'm believing God for. Here's the miracle that I'm looking to God for. Over 50% of the cards were like, man, I'm praying for healing in my marriage. I'm praying for a spouse. I'm praying that that God would bring this relationship back together. This is an area that affects so many of us, and God is going to speak directly to us. Plus, we're going to have fun because we're going to be ratchet and crazy. And anything you wanted to tell your wife, but you didn't have the guts to tell her, I'll do it for you. And you can just elbow her in the middle of the message and be like, did you you hear what the man of God said? And vice versa. Listen, you need somebody to do your wet work for you, so you don't got to go in there and... Cause trouble and all that kind of stuff you just 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 take notes underline it four times elbow your spouse and say here you go and did you hear the man of God today did you did you hear him did you hear him did you hear him the Bible says this in Matthew chapter 13 verse 44 says again the kingdom of heaven is like treasure that is hidden somebody say hidden gem come on Columbia. somebody say hidden gem To the kingdom of God, being a Christian, it's like a treasure that is hidden in a field which a man found and hid and for joy over it goes and sells all that he has just to buy that field. The Bible says that, that God has wisdom, that the kingdom of God has wisdom that is not easily accessible to everybody. It's not common sense. It's not, it's not something you're going to pick up just hanging out with the homies. It's not wisdom that you're going to get hanging out with your homegirls. Can I preach it just for a second? You're not going to learn how to build a great marriage just hanging out with your friends. You're going to have to find the wisdom that only God possesses. And here's what the Bible says. That wisdom is so valuable. It is worth giving everything in your life to get. Because it will bring more purpose, more fulfillment, more joy than you could ever imagine in your life. So we're going to unpack some of those hidden gems. We're going to unpack, unfold, un- unwrap some of those gems over these next four weeks. Now, I, before I preach, I need y'all sympathy. Okay. And you know, I'm, I'm a pastor, I'm, I'm a little emo and a little emotional. And I need y'all to understand how difficult my job is. Like, I am preaching to one of the most diverse audiences ever. And here's what I mean by that. I got single people listening to this message that are just desperate. I mean, you could just smell in the air. Pastor, Pastor, I've been waiting for this series. And I hope you do the little thing. And I I told you I would do it, so I would do it. Hey, if you're single, can you just wave at me real quick? Come on, just wave. Come on, don't be... Yoli, are you going to make me? Are you just going to listen? And throw your hands in the air. uh, And just look around, look around, look around. Make sure you know what your options look like. Come on. Listen. Pastor, I did not come to church for that. Well, let me tell you, you got a better shot here than you have at the club. So just. So I got single people that are desperate. It's like, Pastor, help me. I got single people that are disgusted by the fact that I would even imply they should get married. Who do you think you... I could be bad all by myself. I don't need no woman. I'm happy. I don't need no man. That's why you single. But anyway, I got married folks that have been married for decades. And they're like, oh, this little cute message for the young folks. This ain't got nothing to do with me for the next four weeks. But over this time, God's going to reveal, man, there's so much more building for you to do. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's not your wife. It's not your husband right now. That's your roommate. Oh, oh my God. The romance is gone. The compassion is gone. The grace is gone. I got people that are newly single. Pastor, I, I was married, but, but now I'm divorced. Or I was married, but now I'm widowed. And, and what do I do now? I'm telling you, God has hope for you. God has wisdom for you. God has direction for you. So I just want you to feel bad for me because I've I've got a lot of people in a lot of different places. I forgot one group. I got people that are single, but they don't know they're single. (laughs) You don't think you're single because you got a boo and y'all might be living together or whatever it may be, but here... We in church, in church, we live by the Bible, and the Bible only has two definitions. Either you have a ring or you don't. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Are y'all ready to go? It's gonna be. I just had I just have to let y'all know what this is about to be. This it this ain't gonna be no cakewalking. It's wild because it's like, you know, this is kind of visited Sunday. We should be nice. No, we don't know how to be nice. We just ignorant. We just gonna go for it and it is gonna be a blast. I have been married, going on for nine years to the most beautiful, anointed, glorious, illustrious Zy Inger. Chandler. Put the whole government out there. But one of the people don't realize or don't really know is that when I became the senior pastor of this church 11 years ago, you can do the math already, I was single. Yeah. Listen, you have the pastor out day like, I'm single, should I start a church? No! Don't do it. Don't, don't, ain't worth it, ain't worth it, ain't worth it. Pastor, why'd you do it? I didn't have any other options. And I had so much security around. me. My mom was there, my daddy was there, my sister was there. But I tell you, if I could just be honest with you, the years of pastoring this church single were miserable for me. Because I had all this weight, I had all this pressure, I had all this expectation, but I had nobody to relieve the pressure. I had nobody that actually could just sit and listen and, and you know, like the Apostle Marvin Gaye, uh, I, I needed some healing. Because <laughs> when I get that feeling, <laughs> and some people are like, Pastor, I'm single and I'm happy. You may be happy, but I'm having so much more fun than you are. I'm just going to let you... That's just, 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 just real. There was no outlet for the stress that I was under. But I had made an interval. It was a church at that had probably about 70 people. And I had made an interval. I'm not dating any of the women in the church. Why? Because if I date a girl in the church and we break up, that's called a church split, y'all. That's a bad start. It ain't, it ain't going to work. And, and then I, I had enough mentors and enough wisdom in my life to understand that if I mess up with women, my future is jacked up. This is good, Pastor. Like contrary to popular belief, you can't be a pastor that is favored by God. Come on now, come on, come on. and not live a life of integrity and holiness. Yes, sir. It just don't work. People may follow you, but the favor of God will not. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I had a sober understanding of, bro, you can't mess this up. So I'm miserable, but not a lot of options because y'all women's crazy. So I'm here marching around. And, and it wasn't until my mother came to me. And I, I remember when, 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 when Zai walked into church. I remember the first Sunday she walked in. I could tell you what she was wearing. Wow. Now, you may say, oh, you noticed her because she was fine. She was gorgeous. But once again, it was only 70 people. I knew every new person that walked <laughs> through the door. <laughs> There's a new person. Anyway, I went two years just knowing her, Instagram stalking her. But never did, because, you know, church, messing up. That's when my mama came to me and said, hey, if you don't date this girl, you're crazy. And I was like, that is all the permission I need. I'm taking her out on Tuesday. Here's what my mom said. She said, ah, wait. Let me pray about it. I said, pray about it? You should have brought that up to God right. <laughs> before you brought it up to this desperate homie right here. Listen, you, you, need, you need to pray your mama. That was September when she brought it up. Mama prayed for three months straight. I checked in every week. What'd he say? Still praying. (laughs) Listen, God ain't that slow. You just not listening. Can you? And the whole, it's so bad. The whole time I was flirting with Zai. Like, I mean, I'm just walking to her car. We we leave, I pump her gas for whatever it may be. And she was so frustrated because she could kind of sense that I liked her, but I wouldn't make a move. I remember one time after leadership training. Or hanging hang out in the parking lot and she just goes off. You ever been in a position where, where there's a hypothetical situation going on and then all of a sudden you realize it's no longer hypothetical? Homegirl center parking lot, just a bunch of friends. She said, Christian men are pansies. And I'm like, Christian men? A Christian man? Who are we talking about here? She said, they don't know what they want they just going to flirt with all the girls in the church. It wasn't all. It was just one. Calm down. And then they ain't going to make a move. That's why I tell ladies to set a date. And if he don't make a move by that date, move on. <laughs> oh, we're going to get people in trouble. Honestly. And I'm just sitting there taking it. In my head, I am screaming at her. And I'm like, I would take you out if I could. I'm not a mama's boy. i waiting for mama's permission. It wasn't just my mom that was praying. It was the overseers that are still overseers of this church today. And here's why. Two things. One, I was a man under authority. And two... I understood how big a decision marriage was. I understood that the person I connected myself to for life would dictate the level of my destiny I was able to fulfill. I understood if I married the wrong person that I would not maximize my income. I would not maximize my joy, my fulfillment, or my kingdom purpose. Here's the problem. That makes sense for you because I was a pastor. Oh, as a pastor, of course, he had to be extra cautious. I wasn't cautious because I was a pastor. I was cautious because there was purpose on my life. And hear me, there is purpose on your life as well. There is a calling that God has for you. And the person you connect yourself to will unequivocally dictate how much of that calling you fulfill. We go back to Samson. Somebody say Samson. Sam- Samson was called by God. A lot of people don't know this. Samson, before he was born, was prophesied over by Jesus. Do your own research. It says, the angel of the Lord, that's Jesus, showed up to Samson's parents. Israel was slaves to the Philistines at the time. Jesus came to Samson's parents and said, the child that you're getting ready to give birth to is not a normal child. He is a child that has been marked before he was ever born. And God is going to use him as a deliverer. It's his job to rescue this entire nation from slavery. He said, hey, never cut his hair. These are the first recorded dreadlocks in all of scripture. He said, never cut his hair. And that will be a sign that he is a Nazarite set apart to God. So from birth, Samson was marked by God. He had purpose on his life. So do you. Samson lived his life literally to transform and to bring freedom to thousands and millions of people. Here's the only problem. Samson had horrible taste in women. And it wasn't just Delilah from the beginning. Watch this. God called him to deliver Israel from the Philistines. And the first wife that Samson picked was a Philistine woman, literally sleeping with the enemy. And it wasn't just that she was a Philistine. It was that she did not worship the Lord God. She worshiped idols. And he went to his face and said, I like her. I want her. Her dad said, can't you find anybody who believes what you believe? He said, no, 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 no. You understand. She eat cornbread and collard greens. Do you see them hips? Daddy, that's what I want. That marriage didn't work out. That falls apart. He gets divorced. Then he ends up with a prostitute. Then he ends up with Delilah. And watch this. I'll give you the end of the story. Samson never freed Israel. He never fulfilled the call of God on his life. All for one reason. He picked wrong. Who you pick determines your impact. Write that down. Who you pick determines your impact. Connecting yourself to the right person for the rest of your life is the most important decision you will ever make in life next to the decision to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Bible says this Judges chapter 16 verse 15 as we go on in the story. It says then Delilah said to him, "How can you say I love you?" I'm sorry, I got say "How can you say that you love me?" <laughs> That's what she's sounding like. <laughs> when your heart is not with me. I mean, you've mocked me all these three times. (laughs) I'm having way too much fun right now. And have not told me, watch this, where your great strength lies. So Samson hooks up with Delilah and the first thing she said, how do I destroy you? Where's your strength? How do you lose the favor of God on your life? And she said, if you don't tell me you don't love me, Hmm. Be careful with people that use love as a weapon. And it came to pass when she had pestered him daily with her words and pressed him so that his soul was vexed to death. Y'all got to understand scripture. This chick harassed him so much, homie wanted to die. (laughs) He told her all his heart and said to her, no razor has ever come upon my head, for I have been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. If I am shaven, then my strength will leave me. I shall become weak and be like any man. After harassment, after harassment, Samson said, okay, come on, come on Here's where my strength lies. It's in my hair. If my hair gets cut, all my strength is gone. As soon as he falls asleep, she shaves his head, calls the Philistines that were paying her 1,100 silver pieces per soldier, and says, come take him. All his strength was gone. They came in. They bound him up. The Bible says that he woke up and tried to rip the cords as he always did. But this time he realized he had gone too far. His strength was gone. They arrested him. They took him to prison. And watch this. They gouged his eyes out. And now, I, I'm going to get in trouble, y'all. Next week, we're going to laugh, okay? Next week, going to be great. We're gonna, it's going to be good. This week, gonna be a little, it's going to be a little serious. It's going to be a little heavy, y'all. You know you've connected to the wrong person when you lose your vision. Yes. The, 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 this is for people that are dating, people that are single. If the person that you're connected to has you starting to diminish your goals, If you're starting to shrink your aspirations in life after being connected to, you know you are connected to the wrong person. So they dragged him away and they threw him in prison and all his strength was gone. All because he picked who you pick matters. The person that you do life with should be lifting you up, should be celebrating you, should be pushing you to all that God has for you. Not trying to figure out what your kryptonite is. Trying to figure out how do I bring you down to my level to where you can be humble or whatever it may be. No, no. You need someone that's going to push you and champion the call of God on your life. The problem is so many people don't see marriage as that. Sometimes we see marriage as an inconvenience. I, 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 I'm going to get married eventually, Pastor, but i got to get my third Ph.D. first. I, I, I got goals. i got dreams. I, I, I got aspirations that I need to accomplish. And, and, and I don't want to bury my dreams just for romance, so I'll get around to that. And the reason why we have that mindset is because we don't know the power of marriage. We have something, Pastor, I don't want to get married. You can't tell me I want to get married. I don't, I don't need to get married. That's fine. As long as God's made that decision for your life. Yeah. And that's not a response to trauma. Oh. Yes, sir. Or a response to seeing other jacked up marriages that we're not doing in God's way. And now you've just assumed that that's every marriage. No, Marriage is beautiful. The Bible says this in Proverbs chapter 18 verse 22. He who finds a wife finds a good thing, watch this, and obtains favor from the Lord. This is not a visitor message, but that's okay. Can I just preach the word? There's a favor that comes on you when you're married. That's not there when you're not. You invite me if you want. But that's Bible. Bible says this in Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 9. It says, two are better than one. For they can help each other succeed. Here's what God said. He said there's, there's favor, there's strength, there's an advantage when you have someone who's championing the call of God on your life. And you're championing the call of God on their own. Here's the problem. Because we don't have a biblical perspective of marriage, we don't treat it with the same level of urgency. So we search for degrees and promotions more than we search for our spouse. After we have that spouse, we invest more into our children and our career than building the marriage that God's given us. And when the marriage gets rough, we don't work on fixing it with the urgency as if it's the most important thing in our life. Hear me, next to Jesus, this is the most valuable, and hear me, the biggest key to you fulfilling the call of God in your life. Pastor, that's great, that's awesome, but I'm divorced, what does that mean for me? Here's what that means for you. Repent. Let God restore you. Let him build your confidence back. Let let him build your vision back. Let him build your self-worth back. And then let God redeem that pain. Let him put something inside of you that says, next time, I'm not going to end up there. Next time, I'm going to believe God. Next time, I'm going to invest. Next time, I'm going to have wise counsel around me. Next time, I'm going to make sure that this is the one that lasts forever. Somebody say amen. Pastor, this is all well and cute, but I'm widowed. What do I do? Here's what you do. You remember the great times you had with your spouse. There's so many people that are widowed and you feel guilty about celebrating what was, especially if you're married to somebody new. No, 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 no. Celebrate the gift that God gave you for the time that you had it. But remain open to the future. If you're still breathing, God still has a great future ahead of you. And hear me, open your heart up just a little bit. And be willing to build with somebody new. I'm not saying you have to. But just open up to it. Pastor, I'm not divorced. I'm just single and ready to mingle. What do I do? Well, first of all, you show up to the singles night on February, what is it, 18th? Don't miss out. That's going to be enough. But here's step Drew, You ready? Relax. Come on, look at somebody else. Say, chill out. You know, desperate has a scent. And it's not a scent that attracts. It's a, it's a scent that... <laughs> I'm not saying play hard to get. But I'm just saying, like, just... <laughs> chill out, chill out, chill out. Okay, hey, chill out. Two, reprioritize your life. Is, is it your top priority or, or is it number four on the list? Because number four on the list, you get to it when you get to it and you never get to it. Come on now. Last thing is, we'll talk about all that dating stuff next week, but you're gonna have to work your faith. Why? Because people be crazy. Well, I met them in church. What church? Union Church? People at Union Church be crazy. Well, I met them in the lobby of church, Pastor. That means they're okay. You know how many crazy people we got walking around the lobby of this church? (laughs) I met them in groups, so? (laughs) It don't mean nothing. You're going to have to work your faith if you're going to see God's best for you. But you're going to have to make a decision. This is going to be a priority in my life. Second thing is this. Write this down. Write this down. Write this down. Great marriages are built, not found. Great marriages are built, not Now, I'm dancing. I'm trying to stay out of trouble. Samson's demise was not Delilah's fault. This is not a bashing women message because Samson was not healthy enough himself to sustain any marriage. It did not matter who he married. It would not have gone well. The fact of the matter is Samson was insecure. And if I could just show Samson some sympathy, I mean, how would you be if from the day you were born, you were heard deliver or bust? You are the savior of this nation. Good luck. And as you read his story, he has two parents that were fans, not parents. Never corrected him. Never disciplined him. Never set any boundaries for him. Samson raised him. So. And next thing you know, here's Samson, a broken man, trying to find a woman. All he could find is broken women because you tracked. Why am I moving so slow and methodical? But this is just a lot. There ain't no good men around. Well, you got to track what you are. They were doomed to fail from the beginning. And and here's the thing. There's so many single folks that are like, I want to be married. Married folks are miserable. Like, if I'm going to be miserable, I'm going to be miserable with myself in Cancun. I don't need nobody else to be miserable. I could do this. <laughs> At least I've got to ask somebody, where are going to eat dinner? Like, I mean. <laughs> but here's what so many people don't realize. Marriage is not the finish line. It's the starting point. It's not like you get to marriage and then you live happily ever after. Like, we need to trash that phrase, happily ever after. It's you get married and then you build the marriage that God has for you on a journey to joy, on a journey to happiness. It's like this. We got the Winter Olympics going on. But everybody who's in the Winter Olympics right now, that's not their first event. They had to train. They had to go through qualifiers. They had to beat everybody in their nation just to represent their nation at the Olympics. And I I just saw the whole ceremony. They're, They're walking out with their flag and all that other good stuff. Oh, mama, I made it. And you know what everybody else knows about that? You ain't made it to nowhere. The only place you've made it is to the starting line. And now that you're at the starting line, what you do now determines on what level of that podium you stand on. Hear me when you you stand in front of that pastor. It's you know it's rough doing people's weddings. Because they all happy and they cry, and it's like your 14th for the year, so you're just like, okay. But anyway, I'm joking. But you know that they have no clue. What they're about to get themselves into. Oh it's amazing, oh it's great, oh it's glorious, oh it's from God. But it must be built. It's not just found. And hear me. Step number 1, building a great marriage is all dependent on the tools that you use. If you use broken tools. You don't have a broken marriage. You lose whole tools, you have a whole marriage. The Bible says this in Matthew chapter 19, verse 5. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. Watch this. And the two shall become two. Yes, sir. two? Somebody say two. two. Come on, here. Come on, Let Somebody say two. two. Two shall become one. Now, first of all, that's bad math. One plus one doesn't equal two. One plus, I mean, one plus one doesn't equal one. One plus one equals two. But in the kingdom, he said, no, 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 no. The two shall become one. Our picture is two halves come together. He didn't say two halves shall become one whole. He said the two shall become one. So for many people, I, you know, it wouldn't be a message unless you have a fun little illustration. Let's, 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 let's chop some stuff up. Y'all want to chop up some fruit? Let's chop up some fruit. There we go. All right. Let's chop some fruit. Let me say one, one. Two. two, come on one, one. two, two. <laughs> this is like a really awkward <laughs> it's a sex ed class <laughs> 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 So the two will become yeah, one, but do not work. No. come on now these are. These are two. Here's the problem. When you get married, you stand in front of the pastors and two become one. You think you've become one just because you said, I do. And you're one spiritually. You're going to be one physically that night. But it's going to take some time for you to have one vision and one dream and one strategy for raising kids. It's a process. But here's the problem. This is where I get in trouble. because where it gets a little tight. But you're going to be all right, okay? We, we're gonna, somebody say, I'm going right. to we'll be all right. This is what, not what most people step into a marriage looking like. Yeah. Most people, before they ever get to their marriage, they've had a little bit of life shaved off. Because you see, I broke, or grew up in a broken home, and I never saw a healthy marriage. So I'm trying to create something that I've never seen. And then I mess with a lot of people that... I knew they weren't husband material, but I was bored. Then there was that abortion, but it was a while ago. I got over it. Then there was the fact that I wasn't as intelligent as my siblings. and My parents celebrated them, but never celebrated me. But I'm going to find me a great woman. I'm going to find me. I shouldn't be shaking a knife at y'all. That ain't good, but it's just, this is life. Life just has a way of dicing you up. and Then you find Mr. Muscles. The problem is he grew up in a home where substance abuse was an issue. Dad said that he was going to 7-Eleven to get beer and he ain't never come back. Like you, I knew she wasn't wife material, but I was bored. And man, I started that business. It failed. And now we're standing at the altar. Fitted suit. Tom Ford from head to toe. Got them red bottoms on my feet. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Got to. But I'm empty in my soul. Oh, wow. And then I try to make Bible work. Oh, so so and try to put the two to one. And life just keeps just... Because two broken people can't make a whole marriage. Wow. So how do I build a whole marriage? Well, you got to be whole yourself. You got to decide, I'm going to let God rebuild me. I'm going to let him restore me. I'm going to let him remake me. I'm going to let him bring back what the enemy stole. Here's what the Bible says. Anything that you've been through, God can redeem. God can restore. God can heal. God can make whole. God can give you back double for your trouble. He can put purpose where there was pain. Do, if you're single, can I help you? Do the work to be whole. If you're married, can I help you? Do the work to be whole. You owe it to your kids. You owe it to your spouse. Not to be a fraction of who God made you to be. But to be all who God made you to be. And the next thing you know, you have one whole person. Connected with another whole person. And the two have become one. Come on now. And when I, when I cut this marriage open, we got the same dreams. We got the same goals. We got the same faith. We got the same tenacity. We got the same purpose. We've got the same focus. And now we're seeing the favor that the Bible promised us. We're seeing the success that the Bible promised us. Because when you're weak, I'm strong. And when I'm weak, you're strong. And we see the kingdom purpose that he had. For he's skipping something I can't see that orange no more that means somebody disappeared pastor (laughs) listen don't be pushing this analogy too far but can I read you a verse Matthew 16 25 whoever desires to save his life will lose it whoever loses his life for my sake We'll find it. Can I tell you the hidden gem, the biblical key to building an amazing marriage? Bury your dreams and live for theirs. It's Bible. I got one person clapping. Columbia is probably a ghost town over there. Pastor, this is a horrible message. I don't want to hear what you have to say. You had four weeks, now you got four minutes. I'm out. The Bible says his ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. Here's the world's way. Mama told me to get my masters and not to stop pursuing that for anything, for kids, for spouse, for anything. Can I tell you God's way? When I bury my dreams... So that the dreams of my spouse can come to life. Those buried dreams are buried in that same tomb that Jesus is in. And as he resurrects, he resurrects every dream, every aspiration, every goal, everything that I could ever imagine. And that which I thought was lost becomes greater than I ever thought it possibly could be. Hey, Skip, if you play, I'll stop preaching. Let's do that. All right. Write this down. Point number three. We done. Columbia, you with me? Baltimore, you with me? Let's keep it real like just one chord Like, because I'm going to drag it on. I ain't going to stop preaching. All right. (laughs) Write this down. There's only one foundation that lasts. There's only one foundation that lasts. Pastor, this is great if I had heard this message 15 years ago. And I'm so glad you encouraging all these little single folks. Right. Right. I'm good. Pastor, that ain't me. And I am not encouraged. Because I don't know if I pick right. I didn't pick based on purpose. I picked based on the hips. I mean, come on now. Cornbread and collard greens is all I got to say. Pastor, what do I do now? Oftentimes, we don't understand what the Bible is there for. We think the Bible is there to have all these rules that we have to live up to. Can I tell you what most of the Bible is? Most of the Bible is examples of what not to do. Hey, y'all, don't be David. I I know David killed Goliath, and he was a great warrior, but he was a horrible father. And it cost him his kingdom. Hey, don't be Moses. I know Moses was a great deliverer, but Moses wouldn't listen to his wife. And before Moses ever got to Egypt to deliver Israel, he nearly lost his life. Because Moses tried to teach a nation what he never taught his family. And if Zipporah had not woken him up in the middle of the night and say, if you don't circumcise your sons like you're going to go to this whole nation, you will never fulfill your purpose. And don't be Samson. You know what Samson's mistake was? Women? Not quite. Samson's mistake is he mistook where his strength came from. Samson thought his strength was his hair when Samson's strength was really that he was set apart unto God. So Samson protected his hair when he really should have been protecting his relationship with God. And because he mistook where his strength came from, he was protecting the wrong thing. And he lost what he always wanted in the first place. Judges sixteen seventeen. Here, Samson said, "Here's the key to my strength." Come on, can you put yourself in this story? Here's the key to my business. Here's the key to my wealth. Here's the key to my intellect. Here's the key to my success. Here's the key to why I'm all that in a bag of chips. Because no razor has ever come upon this head, for I have been a Nazarite. Watch this. To God, he even gave God credit for his hair. He said, from my mother's womb, if I am shaven. No, if you turn your back on God, not if you're shaven. He said, if I am shaven, then my strength will leave me and I will become weak and be like any other man. The biggest mistake we make is we credit our degree for our success. As long as I got my degree, I'm invincible. We we, we credit our good looks we credit our intellect. We, 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 we credit all these different. And here's the thing, it gets a little convoluted. Because we even give God credit for our gifting. And it was never your gifting that made you special in the first place. There's gifted people everywhere. It was that the hand of God is on your life. Y'all ready to end this message? All right, one more thought. I kind of set you up in the beginning. Remember the whole story about the field and the treasure? It says there was a man that he found the treasure in the field, and he thought that the treasure was so valuable that he sold everything that he had. Watch this, and he bought the whole field. Doesn't make sense. If you love the treasure, why not just purchase the treasure? No, the Bible says he bought the whole field that the treasure was in. You know what that's referencing? The man is Jesus. The field is the earth and you are the treasure. And the Bible says that Jesus gave up everything to purchase the whole earth. For God so loved the world that he gave up his most valuable son just so that you can be one. God thought that you were so valuable. The Bible says in Philippians that he gave up his divinity, his royalty just to purchase you. So here's my question. When are we going to value our relationship with God to the level that he values his relationship with us? When are we going to protect our relationship with God the way that Samson protected his hair? When are we going to come to the fact where we say, my relationship with God is what all of my life is built on. It's the only way I can have a great marriage. It's the only way I can have a great business. It's the only way I'm going to maximize my income. It's the only way I'm going to fulfill purpose in my life. Hear me. Yes, he has all these great things for you. But if it's not built on him, it won't last. So before we talk about marriage... Before we talk about how to find a spouse, how to communicate, how often you should have sex and all that other fun stuff, it's going to be good serious. Let's talk about this. If it's not built on Jesus, it don't matter what you do, it won't work. So let's make a decision. I'm building my life on Jesus. Hey, can we pray? Father God, we're grateful. God, we're thankful. God, that you've never left us. You've never abandoned us. You've never forsaken us. God, there's not a person in this room that has made it through life unscathed. We've, we've all been through trauma and setback and pain and things that have cut part of our confidence away. But you are the God that restores. You are the God that takes what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it around for good. So God, I pray over every single person in the sound of my voice. God, that you would make us whole in you. Just as we are with your eyes closed and your head bowed, if you could pray this prayer, please say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? And just give God a moment, allow him to make this time, allow him to make this message personal to you. Here's my prayer for you, that before you worry about your marriage or relationship, that you allow God to take hold of your heart. If you're in here and you say, Pastor, if I'd be honest with you, I, I I acknowledge God, but I don't belong to God. I believe in God, I've just never surrendered to Him. Bad news? Bible says even demons believe in God and they tremble. Believing in God doesn't make you a Christian. Belonging to Him does. If you're in here and you say, Pastor, I don't just want to believe, I want to belong. I want Jesus to be the center of my life. You can make that decision right now, right where you are. Matter of fact, every single person, out of encouragement for those that are making the greatest decision ever, can we pray this prayer together? Say, Lord Jesus, I belong to you. Thank you for giving up heaven, coming to earth, and dying on the cross so that all my sin, all my mistakes can be forgiven. Today... I surrender. I give you all of me. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. And use me for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Come on, can you celebrate?